Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Yo, welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 257 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. Today, we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night that's coming up, and we're going to talk about pay, specifically disclosure of pay. That's on my mind today, and so that's what we're going to start with. But first, I want to find out how your week has been, Victor. It's been a lot, and not always in the best way. Uh too much going on. I need I need I need things to kind of slow down a little bit. I need a little bit more um well I need a little bit more peace. There's too much too much of this uh grief and stress, but other than that, man, you know, it's it's whatever. We keep on moving. You know, that's how we do. Absolutely. And and you have a you have a birthday in the family today, so we I do. would like to wish Bug a happy birthday. Yeah, it's the boy's birthday today. Uh I'm I'm fascinated by how fast time has gone and <laughs> I couldn't be any prouder or any happier, man. I definitely got the best kid in the world. Well, I think he's awesome. And that's what counts, is what yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And he thinks you're awesome, too. Well, that, I'm so happy to hear that because he's a picky boy. And so he if he very... likes me, that means I'm doing well. <laughs> Shit, he barely like me. Shit. <laughs> so let's let's get to a more serious topic. And that is that only four fighters had their payouts revealed from UFC 291. Now, if we go back in our memory palaces, we will remember that UFC 291 took place in Salt Lake City, Utah. That is one of the last bastions of revealed fighter pay. But a little monkey wrench has been thrown into the mix by the folks at UFC. Now, let me read something to you. This comes from Stephen Morocco of, over at MMA Fighting. He posted this with the caption, Welcome to the Twilight Zone. Now, I'm going to hopefully get through this whole thing. One thing I will not be reading are the Utah codes, the whole code. I'm not going to read that. So just, <laughs> here we go. The commission and the competing athletes at UFC 291 entered into confidentiality agreements as allowed by Utah code, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. The athletes, as the, quote, business confidentiality claimant under code, Utah code, blah, 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 have expressed valid concerns regarding the public disclosure of the compensation amount in bout agreements because public disclosure of their purse amounts will negatively impact their individual ability to negotiate compensation or purse amounts for future events. The UFC is a private organization 
and the athletes maintain their private business interests. The contracts or bout agreements are negotiated and entered privately between the athlete and UFC. The commission also recognizes the unique nature of this industry and the short time frame that athletes have to compete in their fighting career, which is relatively short when compared with careers in other industries. Mm-hmm. Given the potential for a short career in this industry, the protected compensation amounts take on even more importance. Additionally, these athletes compete with one another before an event takes place to secure a position on the card at a particular event. For example, the public disclosure of an athlete's compensation amount paid at a previous event will severely impact that athlete's ability to negotiate compensation at a future event, and disclosure will put athletes at a competitive disadvantage to other athletes whose prior compensation amounts have not been publicly disclosed. Consequently, the commission recognizes the amount of compensation paid to athletes as trade secret or sensitive commercial or financial information that is non-public and, quote, protected under Utah code, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that is the long and the short of it right there. It tells you everything you need to know right there. Basically, the UFC has told the fighters, hey, if you don't know what they make, you can you can negotiate a better deal for yourself. It is the polar opposite of how deals get made. You need full disclosure so that you can get your fair market value. In boxing, everything is disclosed all the way down to the site fee. Because guess what? The boxers get a piece of that too. They actually get the majority of the site fee. Now, Utah also paid the UFC a site fee, something like seven, seven and a half million dollars just to bring the show to Utah. So, of course, Utah is going to bend and be malleable to the UFC in every which direction. But this one is pretty fucking unique right here. Now, four fighters did refuse this little thing here and said, nah, go ahead, put my pay out. That was Kevin Holland. That was Bobby Green. Of course, they they cleared uh, in excess of 300000 each. And then we had two guys at the bottom of the rung. And we had Gabriel Bonfim, who made a whole 12 and 12. And we had, who is the other one? Um, CJ Vergara, who got 60,000, 30 and 30. So that's what we have here. Kevin Holland, 356,000. We had Bobby Green, 300,000. Gabriel Bonfim, 24,000. CJ Vergara, 60,000. Everyone else on that card decided to forego putting out their public information, making it incredibly hard for themselves and anybody coming behind them to be able to negotiate themselves a fair fucking deal. Wake up. If your managers are pushing you in the direction of the UFC, and I'm looking right squarely at you, Dominance MMA, at you, Iridium Sports Agency, because your fighters are the ones that are getting the short end of the stick and you're doing it willingly because you're not 
a manager. You're an agent of the UFC. Victor. I just have one question. Do you really, do you personally, you just, just, this is just, ain't nobody listening, right? Just you, me and you talking right now, all right? Me, King of the Anchovies, and you, Stephanie Eunice Haynes. Do you think, do you think that this was, because I, I, this is this is how I'm reading it, right? I'm seeing all this, I'm like, this looks to me like the kind of situation where a conversation was had and certain agreements were made, various concessions were extended, and then they just wrote down the drafts and didn't actually redact the parts that, like, it's not even a matter of saying the quiet part loud. It's like, no, 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 we didn't leave anything out. We're shouting everything. Hey, if everybody knows how much you get paid, it might be a problem for you to negotiate later. Like, <laughs> I don't know, that verbiage, does this seem like the kind of thing that, did, I, I'm stuck here thinking there's no way that Zufa wanted this out there, right? Like, they didn't, somebody dropped the ball, whether it's at their office or the Utah State Legislature Athletic Commission. So I am so, so confused. But I'm reading this. I'm like, no, I must have misunderstood. Then I read it again. I'm like, I ain't losing brain cells at that rate. I've been hit ahead. I've been hitting the head a lot. OK, anyone listening would be able to tell within 15 minutes of hearing me talk. This is very, very, very odd to me that that was just allowed to happen in the first place and how brazen that is. But then also, in a way, it, the admission, right, this this whole uh, this element being laid bare, we expect scumbag activities from a lot of these people in the fight game, not exclusive to one particular promotion or the other. But the fact that that's one of those things like, hey, man, listen, you put that business out there, you know. You 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 might not get what you want. You're going to probably be on our bad side. Why is that? I, I just I think back to Benson Henderson. This is this is like a decade or so ago. Eddie Alvarez was in Bellator. He got a hundred thousand dollars flat fee as his purse for one of his fights. And Benson Henderson went on Twitter at Dana White said, "Hey man, Bellator chip made a hundred grand. I'm making forty five and forty five. What's going on, man? Or forty forty or something like that." <laughs> Benson was lightweight champ in the UFC. He's like, "Hey, I thought we were the the number one company in the world. How come that guy's making more than me?" And it was so great to see because it wasn't even in an angry way. It was kind of like poking, prodding. It was like you know, with with a bit of a smile, like, "Hey, man, we're big leagues. We can do better than this." And I'm sure Dana was sitting there going, "Like, this motherfucker." Yeah, you know what? You're right. And guess what? Benson got his raise. <laughs> My man got paid. But that's why, because there was disclosure. There was disclosure. There was the element of making this public and allowing for the world to see. And that. That makes shit pretty weird. That make thing, that that made it uncomfortable then. I can't imagine how that's going to make things now. Yeah, I'm sure you probably have less squabbling. I'm sure you probably have the uh, the 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 you're taking away another aspect and another weapon that the fighters can bring to the negotiating table. But you know, you also bring in the managers into the equation, right? Because they're complicit as well in some cases. A lot of these guys, they don't just have one fighter in the UFC. They've got quite a few. They know that if they got a guy that's making 40000 they got another guy who's making fifteen. they know they can probably get the guy making less to get a little more because they know that the 10, 12, 15, 30, 40 fighters that they got on the roster, they have those there. So I, I have to wonder at what point is their negligence on behalf of management and which one of those or which of those various managers are allowing for this to continue and, in fact, um, 
you know, but by by their actions encouraging this. What's funny is that if we go back a few years, I want to say about five years ago, uh, Ali Abdelaziz came out. He actually gave a deposition that mm. basically said something to the effect that fighters should never disclose their pay because they might get kidnapped. And that is just patent bullshit. Basically, confidential contracts only benefit the owners and it helps them keep pay down. One of the big things about the Ali Act, which, which was very beneficial, is the full disclosure of all financial information pertaining to a belt that a fighter, that a boxer is going to be in. All the way down to the side fees, the concessions, every fucking thing is laid out on a table, bare bones, all the way to the atoms. That is how they get paid. That is how they divvy up stuff. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, guys and gals, get on the ball. If, you're, if your manager is pushing you in this direction, they don't have your best interest at heart. What interest they have at heart is their own because the UFC will keep giving them fights for all of their stable. It's not about just you. Your manager is looking out for their stable because the more people they have in the UFC the more they get to skim off the top, you know, with their, with their percentage. It doesn't help them if they're only getting 20% or 15% of you. They need 15 to 20% of 20 different fighters, 30 different fighters, what have you. Open your eyes, disclose your pay. Bing, bang, boom. You don't even have to be unified to do that. If they come to you and say, hey, do you want your pay disclosed? Say yes. It will help you and others in the future. Don't be a dumbass. Yeah, but, you know, they have to worry about retaliation. I, I don't know if that's – I mean, it would be nice. You know what I'm saying? I don't disagree with you. I just I just worry. Four of you know them what I'm did not worry about it at all. Four yeah. of them – I mean, and two of them were on the lower tier. So that's I true. salute those four dudes, especially you, Gabriel Bonfim. You are the fucking man for disclosing everything. Especially when you're only making 12 and 12. Now, Dillian White, you know, he failed his VADA test. So, boom, fight's off. Now we've got to scramble and find a, a boxer for Anthony Joshua to take on. Oh, my God. The guy that they are replacing Dillian White with. Not that Dillian White was going to be, you know any great threat to Anthony Joshua, but they have picked Swedish-Finnish fighter Robert Hellenius to face Anthony Joshua. And goddamn you, Eddie Hearn, you are gross for this. This is absolutely grimy. If, if you were to rewind your memory palace, memory banks, your data banks, again, uh, go back to last year when Deontay Wilder made his comeback fight and he smashed that dude in like two minutes flat with the very first punch he threw. Okay, that was Robert Hellenius that got steamrolled. That is who Anthony Joshua is going to fight. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, man. Good stuff. I mean, I, who else are you going to find? Who else are you going to find on short notice? It like, it's difficult. I get that. <laughs> but, like, there's there's elements of this. Yeah. But you're like, all right, buddy. Like, we really, this is this is how we're going to, this is not, not the way, my friend. This is not going to work. Like, this is Valentina Shevchenko lost her opponent. Let's bring Priscilla Cachoeira. Let's do that. That sounds good. Like, you really want to do that? I mean, this is actually somewhat worse, I'd say, substantially, because we've seen Hellenius against a higher level opponent. And we've seen what happened there. So 
You see what I mean? Like, no, that's that. That's just. I, I don't know too much about any of the uh, any of the guys involved, but I know that much. That that's not a good look. Now, some other news has been breaking just this afternoon within the past hour, hour and a half. And I could not help but notice that ESPN is going to start their own sports book. They partnered with Penn Entertainment to launch ESPN Bet, which is a branded sports book for fans in the United States. And it will be live in at least 16 states this fall. But what's really funny about that is up until this point, you know, they've had control of Barstool and Barstool has a small sports book. So people are out there wondering, I wonder if the rebrand of the current sports book means the end of Barstool sports book. Well, guess what? It does. And it goes hand in hand with Dave Portnoy's announcement, emergency press conference. I bought back Barstool sports. I bought back Barstool sports. (laughs) And Victor, the best part, let me read this to you because wait, 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 this is going to be so fucking good. You're going to enjoy this immensely. Am I? I don't know. Oh, you will. We're going so far. I didn't like the appetizer. Let's see what the main course brings me. Oh, wait till you hear this. Oh, wait till I hear this. Penn divest Barstool Sports to founder David Portnoy. Penn sold 100% of the Barstool Sports Inc. common stock back to Dave Portnoy in exchange for certain non-compete and other restrictive covenants. Penn also, this is the best part, has the right to receive 50% of the gross proceeds received by Dave Portnoy in any subsequent sale, and here's the best part, or any monetization event of Barstool. (laughs) So he bought it back just so that he could give whatever 50% of away. I'm okay. I, I, I would suspect that there's enough. It's lucrative enough a business mm-hmm. to keep Barstool going and everything. And that it would be worth it to give away half your proceeds and still be able to make payroll and see, you know, just, just keep the brand and do everything else with that later on with what is left in your coffers from giving away half. I mean, is this really, what is this in perpetuity? Is it what's there? Is there a sunset clause? This can't be forever. Can it? I don't get that. I mean, did they just give it to him and say, all right, you're going to give us half of you, you, you run this. Oh, I think that money exchanged hands. That's a huge property that he probably had to pay for it. I doubt they gave it up, especially. No, but I mean, if he's going to be giving away half, I'm just so confused. Have you ever seen anything like this? You know, they charged him, you know, you, you know, they did. They are not just giving him. Right. Barstool. So, you know, they charged him, but but along with the charge is a little a, another little hand creeping along, taking half of anything they bring in. And I love it. I, I just love don't, it. what benefit I I just does he not have enough? Does he not have enough money? Look, he's doing his little day trading thing and he's terrible at it. He's trying to do this whole. He's tried to do the whole crypto thing. He's jumping on every little bandwagon that falls off the 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 NFTs, and then that fell apart. Everybody was shilling NFTs immediately. Moved over to AI. They didn't say a thing. 
It's like the people that started talking about uh, hydroxychloroquine at the beginning of the pandemic, and then you didn't see him talk about it after a while. Everybody was talking about Ivermectin. Hey, no, 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 go back. What was that other thing? Go back to the other thing. What happened to the other thing? It failed. And that's what this guy does. He jumps from one thing to another, trying to make more money, trying to make more things, trying to seem like a bigger guru than he is. And somehow he ends up with it. Like, this is a boffo. I've never seen this before. That you just, you just, you, you, yeah, the company's yours, but now you. Oh, this is like the the bust out from the Sopranos was more elegant than this. I don't understand this. This is very, very strange. Um, God damn. So what? Do, do they have the freedom to do whatever now? Are they back to like? Are they going to do blackface now? Like, what's what's on the menu now? Now that now the Portnoy's Portnoy. running things. Portnoy says he bought one hundred percent of it back, so I imagine it's going to devolve even further than it already has. And mm-hmm. he is quoted as saying, "I will keep it. I will own it until I die." Anyways. I have another story here, and it pertains to this last uh, fight card from just Saturday night, UFC uh, Nashville, which was a great card until the main event stunk the whole fucking place up. And apparently I'm not the only one that thinks that. Now, it's not often that I agree with Dana White, but in this instance, uh, there, we have a headline up on Bloody Elbow. Dana White walked out on ultra dull UFC Nashville wrestle mugging. You know what? I was watching another fight. I was covering another fight um, on the Paul Diaz card when this was going down. A much better fight. Um, I, I believe uh, it was Amanda Serrano uh, had was still going on when this oh, was yeah. happening. It was a fucking great fight. But anyway. Dana White walking out on that main event. When I watched that main event, I was like, God damn. There, you know, Mookie said something in his on his Twitter. He said, it is statistically impossible for Rob Font and Corey Sandhagen on short notice to have a dull fight, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Man, he nailed it there. Because it was a fucking awful fight. And I don't care. If Corey injured his elbow in in the first round, second round, whatever round it was, the two things can exist in the same space. I feel bad for him. He injured his elbow. That contributed to the nature of the fight. But that does not make that fight any less terrible than it was. Okay? It just gives that terrible fight a reason to be terrible. That bum elbow. So he says, but, you know, there's another person in this equation, and that is Rob Font. Rob Font also contributed to the stank-ass nature of this fight. So when Dana White walked out on it, I don't even mind him. Normally, I would have been like, yeah, you fucking asshole. But no, I'm a fucking asshole, too, because I would have walked out. Yeah, but you know, here's where I differ from that. I, it's one thing for us as as people who cover it, as people who are fans. It's, it's another thing. Like this is your company. These are your guys. You're already stiffing them. You're already underpaying them. You're already having these guys fight short notice. They don't have to do this. You understand? This fight could have been scrapped. You're lucky you're getting a main event in the first place. And maybe, I mean, sure, I, I would imagine he didn't know at the time that San Hagen had injured himself. And that that had, uh, you know, led to the performance being what it was. Sure, that's difficult to tell. That notwithstanding, they're the ones that are in there fighting, not him. So I really, I, I think it's, you know, we, it's, it's for you to expect professionalism. You're not going to get much out of that from him. 
And I think it's a little gross for somebody to be like, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. You know, these guys are going out here doing this. Like, you remember when um, uh, Hen and Burrell slipped in the bathtub and Dillashaw yes. ended up fighting Joe Soto? Yep. And he willfully misinterpreted one of the headlines about how disappointing the main event was. And it's disgusting what these people are saying about this fight. It hasn't even happened yet. You guys deserve more respect. And now look, then he goes ahead and he does this. He just leaves. What, because it wasn't entertaining enough? Like, buddy, entertaining or not, wins or wins. And maybe if he didn't have these bum-ass win-loss bonus structures, maybe if things were just a little different for these guys and they had better incentives, this wouldn't be happening now, would it? And he can't lay all the blame on his feet. But look at this, what you just mentioned. I, I love how you brought that up. Sanhagen bearing the brunt of it because he's the one who ended up winning with his wrestling. Rob Font's wrestling wasn't up to snuff. And Sanhagen's not even like an elite level wrestler within that division. You understand? He's good, but he's, he's not a, Marab he's no, level. Yeah, he's no more for his striking. Exactly. He's not a Marab guy. He's not an Aljo. Like, this is this is nuts. How are you going to be out here saying shit like this and, and, and talking about these guys in this manner? It's it's so gross to see somebody doing that. Imagine, again, and I know the, the circumstances are different because of the nature of these organizations and the sports themselves. Roger Goodell doing that. Imagine that. He just he just leaves fourth quarter because he's bored. It just It's not to his liking. No, you're the boss. You got to sit there and eat that. You made that happen. You gave the go-ahead for this fight to happen. And just because it didn't live up to your expectations, knowing full and well that not every fight's going to be a home run, that sometimes some fighters are going to lay a dud, we've been at this too long for you to not to know this is a thing. So, nah, it, it's 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 ridiculous. It's infantile, and I don't support it. So, I mean, like, well, I get where you're coming from. It's wrong of him, I feel, for that to happen. You you served this bowl of shit, and now you're mad that we got to sit here and eat it, too? Nah, it don't work like that. <laughs> All right. So, our next order of business is we're going to take a look at this weekend's fights and listen this this fight card is not the best okay i'm gonna tell y'all right now it is not the best uh we have vicente luque coming off of a brain bleed scare taking on rafael dos Anjos, and we have cub swanson co-main eventing against hakim dewadu okay so already we already know how many ranked fights we have we have one one. Mm-hmm. You heard? One. I now, as I've... I look through this, yeah. as I look through this card, <laughs> oh, man. 13 fights, 26 fighters, a single ranked fight. As far as ranked fighters, I believe we have two or three. I, I would have to look, but I'm almost positive it's just three. But it could be maybe only two. In any event, it's unacceptable. And again, we have a bunch of people I've never fucking heard of. So we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the whole card and, and we're going to point and laugh at the ones that we don't know that will probably come and bite us in the ass and, and end up getting wins. But the point I'm making is, is we don't know who these people are. So we're going to break into the card with Juliana Miller taking on Luana Santos. I know who Juliana Miller is. She's not that great. Three and two. I have no clue who Luana Santos is. Do you? I mean, I do, but I'm also a degenerate. Like, there's a difference between, yeah, but, okay, <laughs> between people like me and the rest of the, the population. Juliana Miller, really good grappler, ultimate fighter uh, competitor. I believe she won, actually, um, last year. 
And, um, you know, she's she's just still very rough around the edges and young and starting things off. And Luana is an LFA fighter who only has one loss to Gina Bishop, who's an extraordinary grappler. So, I mean, it's understandable if you've never heard of her before because she's making her debut. And, you know, she's she's all right, I guess. These are two very raw and untested talents. Okay, so we get to Damon Blackshear. Versus someone I've never heard of again, Jose Johnson. Now, listen, I'm not out there watching LFA and all of that. I don't have time. Victor, I know you do. So I'm pretty sure you know who Jose Johnson is, but I don't. If you don't watch Contender Series, nope, you're not going to know who any of these, a lot, like most of these guys are. This is where we're beginning that churn again of guys being brought in to fight for the minimum and and occupy these cards for filler. And this is what you're getting. And it's unfortunate because some of these guys are pretty fun. But again, untested talent. That's just what it is, man. Jose Johnson, if you've never heard of him, can't blame you. Now, you mentioned the Contender Series there. What's funny is that there's been literally zero promotion of the Contender Series this week. Zero. Yeah. But there's like five tweets from Dana White about Power Slap. Not a oh, goddamn wow. thing about Contender Series. So tell me how someone is supposed to even know to go watch Contender Series. I mean, you'll find out because they'll probably mention it during Power Slap. So if you watch Power Slap, you'll get... See, see this is how it works. It's good. There you go. So if you want to learn who people are from the Contender Series or LFA or anything like that, you have to go and watch Power Slap to get this. Now here, we're going to get to the third fight. And guess what? There's another name. I don't know who the fuck they are. Now, I know who Montserrat Ruiz is because I've seen her fight. But I don't know who the hell Jacqueline Amarim is. Do you? <laughs> Not really, no. I mean, you know what's funny? <gasps> Wait. She already, she already fought in the UFC once against oh Sam my... Hughes. Jesus Christ. See and I totally forgot she was even in the UFC. That, that, you know what? I don't even recognize the name. How about that? Of course not. Of course because not. I don't blame you. It's it's a it's a meat grinder. Now I do recognize two names next. Too bad it's heavyweight. Josh Parisian versus Martin Boudet. Boudet, you know, Boudet. Like, like like Michael Bisping would say Boudet. Yeah, I mm, Josh Parisian. I I don't. <laughs> I I I don't like speaking negatively about fighters but some guys man you just don't see them getting like as you don't see them progressing to the point where they should be you know what i mean you've been in the ufc this long i i, I don't know i don't know what the remedy is for that I, I i don't know that there should be a remedy for that i don't think i'm i'm probably the guy to be saying this shit but it's Oh God, yeah, Boudet. I've I've seen him before. I think I can't remember any of his fights, and I'm not looking him up. How about that? The only thing I know about Martin Boudet is the way that Michael Bisping says his name, Boudet, like Boudet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds like some 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 like Eastern European dessert. This is a Boudet. I I mean, why is this? Ugh. Gosh, this whole card is just got off. Where is Mick Maynard? Show yourself. Where is this man right now? That's what I got to know. Present me, yourself at the offices immediately. It's tell terrible. Tell me if you recognize either of these names. Francis Marshall versus Isaac Dulgarian. Francis <laughs> <sighs> Marshall. Was, he... It could be Isaac. It could be Itzhak. So I'm just covering all my bases here. 
I remember I remember Francis Marshall. I don't remember any of his fights. I I I know that I know that he's had like three fights in the UFC. Um, yeah, no. As far as um, as far as his opponent here, Dolgarian, he's he's making his UFC debut as well. This is you 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 like that last fight night card? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here's here's a we want another one. No, we got more at home. Oh, okay. This is what it looks like. He's only had two fights in the UFC, actually. One was contender series, but the point is is there you go. He's had fights that we don't recall. That speaks to maybe not having great fights. Let's see what his fights look like. Also not great promotion. Yeah. Oh, he had a TKO here against Marcelo Rojo, but Who's Marcelo Rojo? Not uh, he's the guy that did the T-Rex arms. Oh, God. I forgot yeah. about him. Okay, yeah. but I would never have associated his name with the T-Rex arms. See what I'm yeah. saying? No Die. promotion. They don't give a shit. These are phoned-in cards, watered-down cards. Now, um, Marshall's last opponent, he lost a split decision. Ho-hum, from what I can see here, against William Gomez. So... <laughs> I mean, come on. This is terrible. All right, next up. Fresh off of being submitted just three weeks ago, Terrence McKinney is back against Mike Breeden in a fight that is clearly um, tune-up and filler because for Terrence to have, it's actually less than three weeks turnaround. uh, To do this, somebody must have fallen off. Let's see what I can find here. Yes, Lando Venata fell off the fight with Mike Breeden. Obviously, Lando was set up to to defeat Mike Breeden as well. So we've got Terrence McKinney in here. I don't God. care about the fight. So, you know, we I didn't put it on our picks. But, I mean, Terrence just got choked out. That was loss number two. He's had three losses in his last four fights. So if Mike Breeden takes them, you got to wonder if Terrence hit his ceiling a little while ago. Well, the funny thing is Mike Breeden's 10 and 5, and he's currently 0 and 2 in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be a pretty big fall off if he can't pull it off here, at least given the expectations that we had for him initially. Or maybe Mike Breeden might have figured him out or turned a corner. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. All right, next fight. Um, I barely recognize Marcus McGee. I do know who J.P. Bays is. I I only recognize Marcus McGee because he had a sweet submission, I think, the last time. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I remember that one. He had a nice rear naked. On short notice, made yes, weight and everything. that's why I remembered was because. Big underdog. Yeah, he went in there and got stuff done. Yep. So that fight, well, we're, we're sort of getting there. That's our featured prelim, by the way. If we're to go by Tapology's order of the bouts here. Now, next up, we are into the main card. And this is what we get. Josh Fremd versus Jamie Pickett. Now, I know who both of them are, but is this what you'd put on a main card? Or is this like a curtain jerker? A ten and four guy and a thirteen and nine guy. Well, it's a fight night event. I mean, I guess, and it's middleweight. So you know, what do I always tell you about middleweight? Yeah, okay. it's the same thing every time. Listen to you make an excuse. Holy moly, this is where we're at, folks. This Victor of at. all people, of all people, a connoisseur of good fights. He he's learned to make adjustments in what he's willing to accept because he said. 
Well, it's a fight night. You know it's going to be watered down. Oh, my God, we're making concessions here. Because um, no, we already well, know. You got to play the long game, Steffi. Yeah. Look, I need five more PlayStations, and Mick Maynard's going to send them to me. All right? I just got to keep this moving. You got you to gotta let me cook. <laughs> so then we get to... Tafan and Chukwi versus AJ Dobson, a six and three guy against a six and two guy. Oh my God, you have a huge roster. And someone did the math for me. And if you used your roster to its fullest extent, you could easily put four ranked fights on every single card, including these Apex cards. Four. I'm only asking for two. On an on an Apex card or any Fight Night card, that's all I'm asking for. I would be happy with two. On a pay-per-view card, I want four or five. But on one of these, I'll, I'll be happy with two, but you give me fucking one? Come mm -hmm. on. Anyways. And you know this one stylistically. You know it's going to stink up the house. It is. That's the other thing. The matchmaking is fucking piss poor on this card, too. Prime example here. This is going to be the first fight we're actually going to pick. We're well up into the main card. We've only got four fights left, so we're going to pick those four. But man, I struggled to find five fights this weekend for us to pick, and I had to pull one from Bellator. And over there, that card is a little weak, too. I mean, we've got a number four guy facing a number eight guy, or a number one guy facing number eight, excuse me. But the point is, it's not even a title fight, and they have a better... Um, headliner than ours. <laughs> How about that? But anyways, let's go ahead and take a look at Poliana Viana versus Yasmin Lucindo. Um, this is not the best fight to go on a main card, but I'll take it, I guess, simply based on name value, more so for Poliana Viana. She's 13 and 5. Yasmin Lucindo is 14 and 5. This is one of those toss-ups, coin flip fights. I'm not really interested in it. It's probably going to be a slog to watch, but we have what we have here. So, Victor, I'll let you take it away, and then I'll tell you who me and Mookie are picking. I was leaning towards Lucindo, and now you know what? I think I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm I don't really. I'm just gonna go with with Pollyanna Viana. Okay. I. I yeah, God, I don't know. I think she's just had a different strength of schedule and some finishes on her record. But Lucindo's super tough, and she's got that prodigy kind of quality to her, I guess. Like, she's one of those fighters who, despite her experience, like, she's she's looking really a lot more polished than, than some of these other ones. So I, I, I'm still not trusting it. I'm going to go with Yana. I am a little torn on this fight. Jenny Frey, eh. Mallory Martin, eh, Emily Whitmire, eh. but Veronica Hardy, she lost to Hannah right. Seifert, she lost to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm gonna take Lucindo. All right. Yeah, I can't, I can't, in good conscience, pick Poliana Viana. All right. Next, we get to the third fight up from the top. We have a light heavyweight fight between Chris Dockhouse and Khalil Roundtree. Doghouse is 12 and 6. Khalil Roundtree is 11 and 5. Um, yikes. Mm, yikes Dog indeed. Doghouse is on a three-fight losing streak. What's Roundtree looking like? Roundtree is on a three-fight win streak. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking Roundtree. 
I'm going to go with Roundtree too, man. I mean, somebody mentioned on Twitter that Roundtree fights like a guy who was bullied for being fat when he was a kid. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and I felt that in my bones so, so strongly, man. I like, yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> I guess I got a root for him. <laughs> Duck House is good, but I don't know what's going on, man. Like, you got a dynamite striker here. And I, mm, yeah, I, I'm going with Roundtree. He leaves himself exposed a lot. Yeah, a lot, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I should note that Mookie is also picking Yasmin Lucindo and Khalil Roundtree. Now we get to the co-main event. I like the co-main event. It's a good win. Cub Swanson versus Hakeem Dawadu. This belongs on a main card. I don't know if I would say co-main event, but since we are lacking name value severely, we need Cub Swanson in that co-main event, so I'm okay with it. But it's not one that I would have selected, if you know what I'm saying. Uh Victor, tell us what we need to hear. Yeah, man. Uh, Cub Swanson, savvy veteran, but Dewadu, aggressive, technical. I got to go with Dewadu. I think that Dewadu is going to make this an ugly, ugly grind because he's really good at that. I think Cub is going to go in there and swing for the fences because he... He does that. You know what I mean? He wants to get that that power shot in before he takes a licking and maybe not keeps on ticking. I don't know, but I want to pick Cub so bad, but I can't. I got to take ha- Hakeem Dewadu here. And yeah. uh, I think it will probably go to decision, though. Probably. Um, all right. Uh, um, Mookie is also taking Hakeem Dewadu. Now we get to the main event. Vicente Luque taking on Rafael Dos Anjos. 21-9-1 versus 32-14-0. Vicente Luque had that brain bleed scare last year. And honestly, I would hope that all the proper testing has been done to clear him. But here we are. Vicente Luque is going to fight Rafael Dos Anjos, and I can't pick Vicente Luque. Yeah, I can't either. I cannot in good conscience pick him. I mean, you got a guy who's got... So much control, such a complete game. Another dude who's much more, you know, once you take away the more explosive elements of his game, he still has a very solid fundamental skill set, but not not as complete or as regimented as RDA is. And he doesn't have, I don't think, the submission skills, you know, and, and, and the ability to, um, you know, really survive that ground game. You know, I, I just, again, another one of those fights where once this dude, once, once Dos Anjos takes this to the ground... It's going to spend a lot of time on the ground where he's in controlling position, and that's not going to be good on the scorecards. I'll tell you a fight that I think looked spectacular for RDA was his fight against Moicano last year. That dude is so fucking good since he's moved up to 155, and he had been on a three-fight win streak. I mean, he beat... Oh, well, he was on a two-fight streak, but he also beat Chase Hooper in grappling. No big deal there, but he beat Jai Herbert. He beat Alexander Hernandez. And when he beat Jai Herbert, you know, Jai Herbert had, uh, let's see here, he had only had one loss before that in like eight fights. So, I mean, this guy is good, you know? Yeah. 
I just I I can't get past the 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 issue with the brain bleed last year. I can't. Yeah, me neither. That just makes me so uneasy. It really does. And the UFC just sticking them in there like that. I don't know. I just seems grimy. I can't help it. But I'm gonna take Rafael dos Santos. Now, folks, this is the time where we would normally say for all our paid subscri- uh, Substack subscribers, stick around. We'll be right back with more bonus content. But I'm not going to tell you that today because guess what day it is? It is free day here at Yay. the Level Change Podcast. So our bonus content is actually free for you today. It's just going to be one long show and you get to have it all for free. Remember, once a month we do this for free. So please, please Please, if you would subscribe, and if you do subscribe, please share this with your pals, with your family. We do need all the help we can get so we can stay working, so we can keep our little family together. And not only that, you have a solid selling point. Be like, listen, this will be the only time you'll hear the phrase, it's that time of the month, and you'll be happy. <laughs> period (laughs) yes yes all right so let's take a look back at ufc fight night sandhagen versus font now as as i alluded to earlier or maybe i didn't allude maybe i just came right out and said it that the main event fucking sucked as it did no skin off Corey sandhagen though i understand you injured your elbow not your fault that the fight stung you know at least we have a reason behind it. Rob Vaughn, I'm giving you the side eye. We even give you the five pound allowance. We let this thing happen at a catch weight. What the hell? Dude, you're not supposed to look like that. I'm not even sure if, like, like what kind of prep would have led him to that? I, I, what, what kind of... What kind of circumstances would have made this different? I don't know. Maybe this is just... I mean, kind of Rob, where he was, I don't know. Does he not have basic takedown defense? Because, I mean, Corey literally, as soon as he hit his second takedown and saw how easy it was, he was like, huh, this is all I got to do. And literally, that's all he did. He took him down all night at will and then threw the laziest pitter-patter punches just to land enough volume to outpoint him every fucking round. It was awful to watch. It was awful to try to digest. Here's the thing. I went back and watched a second time to see if maybe, maybe I was being a little bit uh, biased by what I'd already read and heard from other people. No, I was not. Because the second watch, I couldn't even get past the third round. It was so fucking terrible. I I, I don't want to be too hard on Font for this. You know, I, I really... I, I just, you know, I just feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what these guys go through. You see these guys train, you know how they do their shit. And it's like, you still ended up like that. I, it, you go from, oh my God, this guy might be the future of the division if he keeps progressing. And then you have a performance like this. Ah, man, that's that's such a rough way to be, man. That's a tough spot to land in. And I just, I, I, I just don't want to be too hard on the guy for that reason, you know? But and yeah, that but that was that was messed up. Indeed. And here's the thing, Rob. You'll always get a second chance with me because you've never turned in a performance like this to to my knowledge. Okay? Yeah. So I you know, a couple of days notice, you get a pass. But that doesn't change the fact that this fight was awful. 
Just like Corey gets a pass, Rob gets a pass. But we do need to look at something real quick here. In Rob's last four fights, he's only won a single fight. And that was against sort of a greenish uh, guy that's on the rise, Adrian Yanez. He, he, he's kind of a puppy. So Rob should have won that. You know what I'm saying? But he has a ceiling and it's very, very clear. He lost to Jose Aldo back in 21. His next fight, he lost to Marlon Vera back in 22. He did win against Adrian Yanez earlier this year in April. But then he has this four-month turnaround after April to uh, August. And look what happened. Corey Sandhagen got him. So the guys in the top four or five are actively keeping him out. They are shutting the door in his face. Yeah, I mean that's that's to be a gatekeeper is one thing to be gatekept. Mm-hmm. Yikes! That is it. Oh my God, what a way to put it. That is exactly it. It's not that he's keeping out the uh, the riffraff. It's he's the riffraff they're keeping out from getting in the inner sanctum of that that exclusive little table that they're sitting at. Man, that's got to suck. <laughs> you got to bring a machete to that table next time, homie. My darling Jessica Andrage. I believe your time has come and gone. I believe that you have had enough wars in your storied career to warrant this um, this gradual downturn. And hers has been a little bit more gradual. Um, but the way Tatiana treated her, I'm wondering if that's the, the steep cliff now. Like we, we started our little tottering on the edge and now that was just it. Tatiana pushed her over. I don't think she comes back from this and ever contends again in any of the divisions. I, I'm just worried about what you just see, how you just ended that any of the divisions mm-hmm. she's competed in all three of the UFC's yes. women's divisions Yes. and bouncing around up and down and all this. Like, I think that, I don't know if that's leading to anything here, but I, I what does that say? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's more than commendable that she's had such success in all three weight classes to the degree that she has, including holding a championship for a while. Mm -hmm. But then you look at this here now and and how pronounced this uh, decline is. It doesn't look good. Uh, I I don't know that I'm not going to sit here and say that she's shot and she's done, but I would agree with you that she perhaps is her days of being a top contender with a chance of regaining a title Mm -hmm. that that very well may be over at this point. I think it's it's very possible and likely. I don't think we need to put her out to pasture yet, but I do think that she needs to put um, a a finite window on her goals of achieving a title. And that finite window was just this past Saturday night. That that Probably. window shut. And there's still some like really good, really winnable fights for her. Exactly. But, I mean, we could I mean, actually and have... there's no shame in losing to Tatiana, who's such a good wrestler and like a rangy striker. But this is not the only one that we gotta worry about. You look at it's it's been a slide, man. Mm-hmm. You can't ignore that. Exactly. And Tati, man, God, she looks like a champion. Seriously. We could do a trilogy with um, Rose Namajunas for Andrade. You know, they've got one apiece. And it could be argued that Joanna, I mean, Joanna, that Rose didn't win that second fight. It was so fucking close. 
Okay, wait a minute. I just checked here. Wiley Zhang is set to face Amanda Lemos on the 19th. There we go. So That's what we was. give Yan Zhanan and Tati a chance to, to have their title eliminator bout and then give them whoever wins from there the winner of um, Wiley and Amanda. I think that's a that's a great way to do it. A little round robin there. Yeah, maybe. All right. So let's let's go on down the card here. Dustin Jacoby. I feel like I jinxed Kennedy and Jukwu. I really do. He's a good fighter, but boy, I wish he wouldn't lead with his face, and I wish he had better defense because that's his problem, and it always has been. You've noted it. I've noted it. If he just had better defense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wait. See, I also pick Kennedy, but I agree. I think you're the one that jinxed him. Not me. Not me. We never you. picked this fight. Remember? Oh, okay. I, it was we did mention it. We yeah, mentioned we that I was going with him. Yeah, we did mention it, but I, we didn't pick it um, because no, the, only Dustin was ranked. So we did not right. pick this fight. But I feel like I sort of jinxed Kennedy anyways because of my high praise. And you know how that goes. When I praise anyone high, they immediately lose. So I got to just keep my mouth shut. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow okay then diego lopez defeating gavin tucker and you know we were both on the fence and seriously leaning lopez so i went ahead and i picked him on bloody elbow and i'm glad i did because not a lot of people did and he won and he won wow really fast too just took him 98 seconds yeah Fancy that. He had him. I, I thought that Tucker was about to get out of it. And like, nope. Turns out he wasn't. And, uh, you know, big ups to Lopez for pulling that one off. That's That was a really strong, uh, really good feather in his cap. Yeah. Yeah. Emo boy. <laughs> that hairdo of his. That hair boy, that, that hair and that tattoo. That, that, yeah. that just, yeah. <laughs> All right. Tanner Bozer actually looked good in his defeat of Alexa Kamer. Are you noticing a trend here? All the fights underneath the top one have actually been fucking good. Yep. And I'm glad that they were because we had predicted that they were going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew this was going to be a pretty good fight night, but man, that. Mm. I'll tell mm. you what fight was pretty good that I enjoyed watching was Ludovic Klein versus Ignacio Bahamandes. Yeah. We had all picked Bahamandes, but man, Klein turned in a virtuoso performance. He looked amazing in there. But he always does, and I don't know why I was so sold on Ignacio Bahamandas just taking him out at the knees. Boy, that that was <laughs> Ignacio had some moments though. I mean, I he you did. know it was he did. It was pretty fun for for long stretches of it. It was pretty. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought yeah. it was a great fight from top yeah. to bottom. It's just that I don't know why I didn't put any stock in Ludovic's previous wins. He's very very good. And I should have looked at that better. That's all I'm saying. I think both of us should have looked at that better. And Mookie too, because we all went with Bahamandes. Now, one that we all got right was Kyler Phillips defeating Hani Barcelos. Decent enough fight. It wasn't a snoozer, but it wasn't a firecracker either. It was one of your middle-of-the-road fights that I didn't have a problem watching from beginning to end. It was decent enough. I didn't think it was terrible or anything like that. Uh, Kyler Phillips won. He should have. I mean, he did a lot more in there than Barcelos, but Barcelos had some moments in there. But man, I think his time in the UFC this time around is going to be limited. I don't know if he sticks around after this one. Mm, Maybe. I don't know. 
Let's we'll see. see. Yeah, that's in his last five fights, he's only got one win. Mm-hmm. Not a good sign. Yeah, might be, might be. All right. So then we get down here to Carlston Harris. Whoa, that anaconda choke of Jeremiah Wells was gnarly. Gnarly. And he had a great post-fight interview, too. I loved it. He needed that, too, because mm-hmm. it was not looking too Hollywood for him for a little bit. No, it was He, he not. was struggling. And then we get to, I am the captain of the Billy Quarantillo stand wagon. So it was so nice for me to see him get this win over a really good grappler in Damon Jackson. Loved it. Good fight. Um, yay, Billy Q. You know what? That was a fun fight, too. Mm-hmm. Damon Damon was giving it to him. Yes. But his defense started coming apart near the end. And, you know, he started getting his head snapped back a little too much. You know, that wasn't good, but that was a that was a really fun fight. I liked it. Yeah. And Billy Q showing that he can uh, continue to power through adversity. And then we get to Cody Durden defeating Jake Hadley. Listen, I do not like Cody Durden. I will never pick him in any fight. But the way he split open Jake Hadley, good God. That was ugly. No, Durden is he's talented. Guy's yeah, good. You gotta give it to him for being good. That's not we're never gonna deny that. This is just, true. So, you know, that's that's don't don't ever don't ever let it be said, oh, you guys are just haters. Like <laughs> listen, good. we're haters, but we try to be fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the whole reason why, even though we never picked this fight, I can't stand Cody. I prefaced it that way. There's a reason why I put it out there because he did a good job. And that cut was nasty. Super nasty. All right. So we get to Sean Woodson defeating Dennis Bazushka. Bazooksha? Bazooksha? I'm lost on that one. It's B-U-Z-U-K-J-A. Bazooksha? Short notice. Short notice. And Dennis came in and did what he did. That That was pretty impressive. Yeah. I liked it. Good fight. Ballsy. And then... Asu Almabayev defeating Ode Osborne and quickly in the uh, actually wasn't I'm sorry I I was reading that it's the first round it's the second round so three minutes and 11 seconds into the second round this is the only fight on the card I did not see so I'll leave this one to you yeah the new guy showed the grit man that was pretty dope it was it was a good one if you get a chance to go back please do it was worth it all right so that's going to be the review of UFC Fight Night, Sanhagen versus Font, a.k.a. UFC Nashville. You know, aside from that main event, I would have given this card probably a solid eight. But that main event dropped it down to a six. That's sad. Mm. How, wow. how did you rank it? I mean... I'll give it a seven. There were there was some there was some really good stuff here, and yeah, sure the the main event certainly uh, killed the mood. But I, I just really want to focus so much on the positive, of, like all the things that went well, and how some of these guys did manage to like break away from the pack and distinguish themselves. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm gonna give it a seven. All right. So you know what? One thing I forgot. Remember, I said I had picked five fights, but I had to borrow one from Bellator. We never broke down our Bellator fight. Mm. So are you ready to check on that Bellator fight? You know what? I am. Yes. Okay. It's going to be Logan Storley taking on Brennan Ward, a.k.a. he used to be Swaggleberry Finn, but now he's... 
What's his nickname now? I I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I didn't either. realize he changed his nickname. I, I listen. He did it a while back. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked too. Let's see here. Okay, Brennan Ward. His his new nickname is Irish Brennan Ward. Oh well, that's not as creative as I thought it was going to be. But all right, we'll take it. I like Swaggleberry Finn better. I mean, sometimes the descriptors are fine, but sure, we'll deal with that. I mean, it, it it's it's more Dick Tracy villain than, <laughs> so than pro have, wrestler, but we'll take it. We have Brennan here on a three-fight streak. Now, granted, it's against someone named Brandon Bell, who, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I've heard of him, but, you know, I have not heard of Cassius Kane at all. But his most significant win recently was that head kick to ground strikes against Saba Homasi. That's a good win to have under your under your cap. But he's fighting Logan Storley. Hmm. Yeah, you know, that was a good Logan win. Logan Storley got all that wrestling and stuff. Yep. But yeah. you know, Logan Storley is coming off a loss against Yaroslav Amosov. Yeah, but that's because Amosov is a better wrestler. Yes, he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or at least he's a better adapted wrestler for MMA. I should clarify that. That's right. So right. that that in and of itself is a different – that's a different vibe because it's a different kind of fight. I don't know what's – look, Ward could either shock the world here or just eat it for a couple of rounds. I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be. Storley should clearly be the favorite. But I kind of I'm still interested, you know, mm-hmm. Brennan Ward still has that what if factor so strongly driving him, especially after embracing sobriety and realizing, you know, everybody realizing, wait a minute, this guy was only fighting at like 20 percent when he was tearing things up and doing amazing work. Like, yeah, shit, I, I, it might not be too late. I guess you got to have hope. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I want to know how that plays out. I also want to know how that plays out. <laughs> so anyways, I am taking Logan Storley and Mookie is also taking Logan Storley. But again, Brennan Ward could pull something out. We never know. Anyways, that is going to wrap us up for this week. We hope you enjoyed today's free, free, free Level Change podcast. You know the drill. Subscribe, share, do it all. Put it on your Twitter, put it on your Instagram, your TikTok, whatever, blue sky. Just share it. Anyways, follow this guy on Twitter. He is at Vic M. Rodriguez. Follow Mookie on Twitter, at Mookie Alexander, myself, Crooklyn MMA. Victor has an OnlyFans, is TigerDriver91. He also has an Instagram. He is Victor Sinister Rodriguez. He plays PlayStation, so... I'm sure if you look him up, you can find him there under Badass. Soda Pop Catalyst. That's me. <laughs> badass. How about no, that? Stop. Soda Pop Catalyst. Okay, there you go. And uh, Mookie is the managing editor over at SB Nation's Field Goals website. So if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, get over there and commiserate. Victor and I work for Bloody Elbow, so you know the drill. Get over to bloodyelbow.com and read all our stories. Share them. And until next time, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. 
Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.